When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Warren. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin. Uh, I'm still getting used to not saying Kevin Colbert. Uh, maybe I'm having trouble like the rest. Let's put you in the minds of Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, um, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And as I always like to say, a roster that we hope can compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy and so this week's show you know jeff like jeff hartman our senior editor always likes to talk about the dog days of summer well it's actually quite wintry and it's quite rainy here to the point we've got floods in in my hometown of sydney but it's also it's still the dog days of of winter in a way you know there's not a lot of steals news um, I think Jeff highlighted his show this week on Monday about, you know, the fact that the big news of the week so far is Kenny Pickett, um, you know, getting the field named after him. And, you know, I'm recording this show on a Wednesday night. It'll go live Wednesday lunchtime, Wednesday afternoon um, for you guys. So recording this in the future as always. Um, but there's no, still no news as I go to air with this. Um, so I thought this week on the show, some of you may listen to Steele's uh, Touchdown Under that I do with Mark Davison. And we've been talking about the odd men out um, on the offense and the defense the last few weeks. So if you've missed that, you know, go check it out. Um, but I thought some of you may not have necessarily um, listened to that show. Um, that show is also those the last two shows have forced me to think about who I really think the Steelers um, could basically pick on their roster um, and what the 53 looks like. So in part two of this week's show, we're actually, I'm actually going to tell you who, as of today, I think um, the 53 will be, uh, or at least the 53 that I would be picking if I was you know, Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan combined. But in part one, I wanted to look at something quite interesting. Now, I know I've just really, in some respects, finished the 2022 draft. But already we're gearing up for college football. And if you're a college football fan, you know that. You know that all the teams gearing up. And, you know, as a Longhorns fan, um, their recruiting class, not just for 2022, but for 2023, looks incredible. Um, yes, we got Arch Manning. I joked about that. If, um, I think Jeffrey Benedict um, was on a, was either on a Zoom or um, a Q&A that we did, a Steelers Q&A on a Sunday night. I joked about the Steelers going out and getting up uh, and the Steelers, the Longhorns going out and getting Arch Manning, winning college football playoff, and then the Steelers going and getting him if Pickett doesn't work out in four or five years, or even if he does with Pickett coming off the rookie deal. And it was a big joke, but hey, <laughs> things are starting to be possible on that big joke. Um, but they've had a really good recruiting class. And as I say, things are gearing up for college. So what I thought was, I, we'd do is have a look at some of the, the, the way too early big boards, the top rankings. But then as I was thinking about that, what else has come out is, a, if, is the NFS list. Albert Breer has made that public. And the NFS list is something that's usually um, kept quite, uh, let's say, under, under wraps, under guards, um, uh, you know, so, so, so to speak. 
And so what the NFS is, is the National Football Scouting. Um, and they're a group that runs the scouting combine. Well, the NFL combine is, we you know, the, the pre-draft, you know, sort of skills event, if you like, and testing. Um, and basically, they actually have a, a top 25 prospects list headed into each season. Now, in that um, that list, basically that's put together because the NFL, while they run the combine, um, or well, they actually don't, they're, they're part of the combine, they work with the NFS to put on the event. And so the NFL pays the NFS for this service, and they actually loan out NFL scouts to the NFS to create these summer rankings. Um, so they're run by a guy called Jeff Foster, who's based out of Indianapolis, kind of why the combines out there also. Um, and it's long been, as I said, really strict and private, and it only goes out to all the teams. But Albert Breer has made this um, available. Now, he's not the only one that gets it in the media. Other people get it too. So in fact, the Draft Network, who a lot of people know I listen to, they clearly have it because they have done, they did a similar, they did a similar, they did a podcast on this the last, on the end of last week over the weekend. And they basically were able to say they get it um, but it's never been made public before, which is why they don't make it public. But what they did really well was they broke it down over the last two years, and I've only been able to find this off their, off their data um, and off that podcast. So I'm giving it to you guys, um, our listeners, is they basically went back and looked at 2020 and 2021. So that's the draft class going into 2022. So this would be the 2021 prospects of the before the season started, the NFS top 25. And the NFS in top 20, I mean, sorry, the ones in 2020 that got drafted then in 2021. And so it's 50 names, so the top 25 from two, the last two drafts, right? 11 first rounders, five second rounders, 10 third rounders, eight fourth rounders, five fifth rounders, three sixth round picks. No picks um, from that top 25 went in the seventh round. Four people were UDFAs and four people went back to school or four, four guys went back to school. So from that perspective, what you can see clearly is that 20% generally go in the, or 20% have gone um, or more have gone in the first round, um, up to 10% have gone in the second round, and then another 20% have gone in the third round. So basically, you've got 50%, um, basically, well, well, more than 50% will be drafted in the top three rounds. So this 25 is pretty close, but you've also got to think people get injuries, people, there's four people that we undraft free agents, but there are four people that went back to school. Um, and for, if you had those four there with the 26 in the third round, that's 30 players. There's only 20 players missing out on the first three rounds um, of the draft if they've entered the draft, so to speak. So that, that's quite interesting. But there's the NFS list for this year. Now, the reality is we as Pittsburgh Steel fans, we want our team drafting 32. We want our team to win the Super Bowl. Most people, there's a lot of pundits in the league that think we are going to be picking in some say, you know, even at six or seventh. Other people say it's 10 to 15. Um, you know, conservative would be 15 to 22. But a lot of us are still fans think this team's going to the playoffs and can win a playoff game. So that means we're probably picking 24th or later. Uh, so it's interesting with this list because you factor in positions like quarterback and defensive end. And this is meant to be a good quarterback class. So where's that going to put people? You've got a guy like Jalen Carter, and then you've got a guy like Will Anderson, who we'll talk about in a, in a moment. They're guys that got big names in them. So there is prospects on this list that the Steelers could still pick. There's also prospects on this list that the Steelers could pick outside of round, um, outside of the, the first round. Now, 
I'd love to know where George Pickens was on, whether he was on this top 25 a year ago. What about DeMarvin Leal? Um, these are some of the names that, that we should be thinking about from that perspective. Kenny Pickett, he probably wasn't on this list. Um, he might've been last year, but he wouldn't have been on there the year before. So as I say, this is where, you know, Najee Harris, I would say was definitely on this list. Um, you know, but see, you know, there's some of the things to think about. Chase Claypool probably wasn't. Um, there's some of the things to think about as I read through these names and why they're ones to watch. Now, Let's go through the top 25. So Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, he's a consensus top three player. Everyone loves him. A lot of the reason why he's already getting hype is that when everyone knows how many, I think Georgia had like 10 players from the defense draft in the first two rounds, I think it was. And like anytime anyone told you they watched the Georgia defense, he was the guy that stood out on tape. Even Cameron Haywood was talking about him. I think it was on the, uh, was one of the podcasts he did in the off season. Um, might have been it was an NFL one. It might have been around the combine time, but he has definitely spoken about Jalen Carter. I've heard him talk about it. I've talked about him. Um, Will Anderson, defensive end out of Alabama. For some people, he's the top prospect to want current bet to go one overall. Um, Tyree Wilson is a guy out of Texas Tech, um, and he's a bit of a who's that sort of name. Um, now he's a guy. Um, that was ranked the sixth defensive end behind Anderson, Andre Carter the second, Nolan Smith, um, who's at Georgia, Felix, Anakude Uzoma, and Zach Harrison. Um, but the NF the, the the sort of the quip on him from the draftscout.com was that like the NFS must be seeing something in him that we're all not. So it's kind of he's tipped to have a breakout year. You can read into that. Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama, um, probably not a surprise, you know, really there is QB1 at Alabama. Brian Brees, defensive end out of Clemson. He's coming back off a torn ACL. Um, he could be a five technique, um, but he isn't a true pass rusher. Um, he's six foot five, 300 pound. So that, he's a big bloke. You've got Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Now, I had a, I listened to a podcast recently um, from Behind Stewart, not Behind Stewart, no, um, but I have listened to a lot of those <laughs> that uh, from Move the Sticks, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, they spoke with the Notre Dame head coach and he talked about Michael Mayer, the tight end. I, he's someone, obviously, Steelers. We've got Patty Freeman, so he's not someone we're looking at. You've got Will McDonald, defensive end out of Iowa State. And he's someone that could slip. Um, but I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me really, he's a 4-3 guy. You've got cornerback um, out of Georgia, Keely Ringo. Now, he's meant to be pretty good. He'll battle Eli Ricks and Cam Smith for cornerback one, according to the draftscout.com. But he's also a player that, you know, I think Jeff Hartman wrote an article about this on one of the recently behind the Steel Curtain the last fortnight. And it talked about players previewed um, for the Steelers picking in the top 10, 12, or it might have been eighth overall. Um, and that was Keely Ringo there. So he's a name to keep on your list. I know Pete Steelers fans freak out about a cornerback in round one, but he's a name to keep on the list. You got Isaiah Foskey, defensive end out of Notre Dame. He was a 4-3 guy. Jamie, Jamie Gibbs, running back Alabama. Um, so this is interesting when you've got Bijan Roman in Texas, but we'll see from this guy. I haven't heard of him. Um, Brett Johnson, defensive te- defensive tackle out of Cal. Um, now he's one of those surprise entries, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. You got Colby Wooden, defensive end out of Auburn. Auburn had a pretty good day at times last season. Um, six foot five, 280 pounds. He's one to watch. Um, people think he'll be an end tackle tweener. Now that doesn't really work because the Steelers have got to do DeMarvin Leal, but maybe they go to a more flexible defense and that could work. 
You've got Derek Hall, defensive end out of Auburn. He's 6'3", 251 pounds. He's going to be an outside linebacker if he's in our system. Will Levis, definitely got to watch. I've heard some interviews with him already. He looks awesome out of Kentucky. But still has got our quarterback in, in Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. CJ Stroud of Ohio State, no surprise there. You've got Joey Porter, son of the original Joey Porter for the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Penn State. Nolan Smith, defensive end out of Georgia. He's more of an outside linebacker in our system. Cam Brown, cornerback, Ohio State. Andre Carter, defensive end out of Army. He's apparently tailor-made for a 3-4 defense, non-stop motor, true versatility, um, super talented rusher with three-down ability. Now, they that's interesting. Um, he's considered on draftstock.com a preseason draft crush. To me, this is my... Uh, <laughs> This is my this is my guy, like the guy out of UConn, the defensive tackle that I won't even name because I'm Travis Jones. Uh, that I'm still a bit dirty on the Ravens grabbing him. This is my Travis Jones to watch um, way too early, but I'm going to be having my eye out at Andre Carter from Army. Um, Alec Gay, defensive end out of LSU, six foot six, two fifty pounds. He needs to put on some weight. Um, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, Ohio State. That's interesting. Um, a lot of people were surprised he made the list. Tarek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. Um, most people think he'll be there in the top 25. Um, he's a big dude, 214 pounds, six-foot frame, um, only one interception. He's a guy that would convert to probably think he can convert to safety. But I wonder, I want to see him play. I wonder if he can play like an Alante Taylor who got drafted in the third round um, by the New Orleans Saints this year. Kenny McIntosh running back out of Georgia. Um, the running back's interesting because, like, for me, B. John Robinson's the best running back, particularly as a Texas fan. But there are guys that could slip in the second and the third. And I've been, it's no secret of mine through any of the shows that I've done, particularly Touchdown Under this offseason, that I think the Steelers need to go next, at least an next draft and get a second or a third round running back to pair behind Najee Harris and make it easier on whoever the quarterback is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, particularly, they're going to invest in making this line a, a run, you know, run first offensive line. Jackson Smith, um, Najiba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, <laughs> you know, he was interesting from the 2021 um, perspective, um, but he doesn't have elite size. That makes people question him, but he can run a route. He's their number one wide receiver, according to draftstart.com. So they found it odd that he was at 24. You got Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA. Now, I was mocking him in the third or the second or the fourth round for teams um, in the draft this year. And then he chose to go back to school. He had a great start to the season last year. He'll be looking for another big year out at UCLA again um, this college season. So that's the top 25 for NFS. Um, when you look at who's missing um, from the draftstart.com and their top 25. They had Bijan Robinson, number six overall, Eli Ricks, number eight, Jordan Addison, 11. Um, he's obviously now transferred to USC. Um, Kayshawn Butte from LSU at 12. Peter um, Skaronski out of Northwestern, number 14. Tyler Van Dyke, number 15, the quarterback out of Miami. Antonio Johnson, Texas A&M, number 16 overall. Defensive end, Miles Murphy, Clemson, who I think could be an interesting prospect for the Steelers, if um, particularly now that we know two, it's retired. Henry Toto from Alabama, number they had him number 20 overall. Cam Smith out of South Carolina, number 21 overall on draftstart.com. Noah Sewell, Oregon, number 22 overall. Um, Draft Network have him right now. It's probably the best overall linebacker in the draft, like inside linebacker. 
OT, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. I think he's actually played a bit of guard um, at the moment. And then you've got Siaki Icar out of Baylor, number 25 overall for scout, draftscout.com. So a lot of overlap for them, um, but not complete alignment there. And so I'm just releasing this early because it's something we haven't had before. And as I said, like if you look at these 25 names I've given you, you know, there's a more than 50% chance one of those guys can be drafted in the first three rounds. And that puts them on the Steelers' radar. Um, you know, especially from scouting in this college season. Now, I also looked at the big board from Fox Sports. They had Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. So they're two names we saw, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Again, all names we've seen. They had Jackson Smith and Jeebar, number five. So you see that Nolan Smith, outside linebacker, Georgia, Jordan Addison, Brian Brees, Noah Sewell. So there's a name that, we, that was missing. Kayshawn Butte was there at 10. Cam Smith, um, Will Levis, uh, Bijan Robinson at 13, go Texas Longhorns. They had Paris Johnson Jr. So you're seeing a lot of overlap with the draftscout.com. They have Keely Ringo as well at 205, 6 foot 2. He's there at 15th. Um, Isaiah Foskey, we talked about him. Uh, Zion Tuapulu Fetai, Edge, Edge out of Washington. Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Um, Kyle Blue Kelly out of Stanford. Jackson Kirkland. Now he's a guy I talked about in War Room before the draft. Um, he's an, a, a tackle that chose to go back with an injury during the process. He's only 23 years old. Started 38 games for the Huskies so far. I think he, if he can have a really good season, he's a guy that will rocket up the boards. He'll be like in a Conwu um, or a Charles Cross in terms of how he can rocket up the boards um, as well. And he'll get the hype um, that a guy like Penning got going into this year's draft. Then I think really for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well, um, you know, Pro Football Network have come out with their um, all-too-early top 10 at each position, um, which I think is quite interesting. We're going to preview that a bit more as we get closer um, to the actual, you know, college season kicking off. But I think there are some interesting names um, that are on that list. But one name that stood out to me um, was based off an article I'd read on PFF, actually. And they picked a player in college for each team to watch going into the 2023 or 2022, sorry, college season and into the 2023 draft. And they picked offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. They said he was a former five-star tackle recruit. He's only seen 463 snaps as a spot back up to date for his career, but he's already done some jaw-dropping things that other 315 men, um, pound men can only dream of. He had an 78.8 overall grade last season, and he'll be their starting left tackle this fall. And so Broderick Jones, he wasn't certainly on my radar, um, but I read that and I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, let's have a look at, you know, Broderick Jones. Let's have a look at what he does um, as well, because you've also got a guy like Peter Skronowski there as someone that's getting a lot of, you know, sort of top sort of claim. Now, he's rated as the second best um, offensive tackle for the 2023 um, NFL draft right now. So even though they had him ranked um, in, in this side as the Steelers' top pick, he was considered number two on this list um, as, a, as a, you know, um, so redshirt sophomore. He's ahead of Paris Johnson from Ohio State, ahead of Brake Freeland out of BYU, if you know him, Zion Nelson out of Miami, who got a bit of discussion during the NFL draft process. Antoine Harrison ahead of Javon Foster out of Missouri, ahead of Robert Scott, ahead of Luke Haggard, ahead of Connor Galvin. So Broderick, you know, Broderick Jones there, that's kind of cool. 
from from that perspective. Now, if I look at go back to Pro Football Network and I looked at their 10, 10 top 10 tackles to watch um, before the season starts and top 10 interior defensive linemen, they had Peter Skronoski, Connor Galvin, Dorwin Jones, Jackson Kirkland, Robert Scott Jr. and then Broderick Jones at six, followed by Warren McClendon, Zion Nelson, Jordan McFadden, Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. So there you go, Pittsburgh fans, um, Pittsburgh Panther fans. So Rashawn Slater and Peter Skronoski. So Peter Skronoski has been given a like-to-like comparison there. Um, but Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon are both playing at Georgia. So that Georgia line is going to be really interesting to watch. Now, if you look at it from an interior offensive line perspective, because there's guys that will move out and there will guys that will move in. Um, Osiris Torrance out of Florida is one. Two is Emil, I'm going to say Emil Ikoyo Jr. out of Alabama. Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. See, he's there listed there as a guard rather than a tackle. Um, also gone Uluwatami, Timmy, center out of Michigan. I'm going to get his name right through this process. Um, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. Jacob Gore out of Baylor. Andrew Voorhees out of Michigan. Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. Jarrett Patterson, Notre Dame, who I think is a really good center prospect. City Sow out of East Michigan. So Roger Jones is going to be someone up there, but the Steelers didn't go you know, tackle on the last couple of drafts early on in the draft. And this could give us some a real plus here, particularly there's any questions on Dan Moore or Chooks doesn't live up to the contract, which a lot of Steelers fans think is going to be the case. But with that, we're going to move over to part two of the podcast. Um, Join for part two. It said, we're going to, I'm going to preview my 53 for the Steelers roster um, with a couple of few things um, thrown in on top. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm Matty Peveril, your host of this weekly show. The host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Dan Colbert, Anthony Weidel, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And as I like to say, a roster that will compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. So before I preview my 53 or go through my 53, I wanted to give a couple of thoughts. So PFF have ranked everyone's rosters, strengths, weaknesses, X-factors before the NFL season. Now, they wrote this article in the past week. Uh, They wrote it on June 30, so less than a week ago by the time this goes to air. Pittsburgh Steelers are ranked number 22. Their biggest strength is seen as TJ Watt and Cam Haywood and the ability to pressure the quarterback. The biggest weakness, no surprise, good on you, PFF. Biggest weakness um, is the offensive line that's deteriorated um, and the fact that this led to pretty poor pass protection in their mind with a 2.2 second average time per throw over the past two seasons for Ben Roethlisberger. Interesting to see where that goes in 2022. The X fact for 2022, they think is Akello Witherspoon um, because they don't have a screaming outside um cornerback um there for him they sort of said he while you're allowed a pass rating of just 20.2 on throws into coverage last season that was after week 13 he's been hot and cold uh, the highest ranked pff player from a grades perspective is tj watt with an 89.6 
Um, Tyson Alawalu had an 86.6, but he barely played. Um, they have George Pickens there from a college ranking of 70.7. I thought that was just interesting. Cam Haywood has, oh, sorry, I lie. Cam Haywood had a higher grade than, than TJ Watt with a 90.8. Um, Keller Witherspoon had a 75.8. Minka had a 57.2. We know how good a season Minka had last year, so that's ridiculous. Um, on the offensive line, uh, James Daniels has the highest rating, followed by Mason Cole, uh, Kevin Dotson, Chooks, then Dan Moore Jr. Again, J- Dan Moore Jr. had a better year than a 57.5 grade on PFF. Deontay Johnson, 73.2. Chase Claypool, 67.2. Najee Harris, 69.6. Um, you know, I-, I think that tells you all you need to know about the grade side of things. But, and I think the X factors make sense. Oh, sorry, the strength makes sense. The weakness makes sense. The X factor, I think, is more Miles Jack. But that's just all James Daniels. But that's just me at this point in time. And if you talk about infected in draft picks, I think it's Pickens for sure. They also have raided the running back room. And here's where Steel fans might be disagreeing again with PFF. They have ranked the Pittsburgh Steelers with the 18th best running back room, mainly because of Najee Harris. And they've said Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane Jr. aren't an exciting group behind him, but that they acknowledge the Steelers will not basically allow them to see much play um, there unless there's a Harris injury, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Uh, you know, so that's, you know, and the end of the day, Najee Harris um, ranked third at the position in PFF um, at running back and forced more combined missed tackles as a Russian receiver with 92 than any other player in the NFL in 2021. Um, that was a lot of his volume in the Pittsburgh offense. And he was the only back in the league to play more than 70% of his team's offensive snaps. Um, he played 83%. So they ranked the 18th, the 18th best for Pittsburgh Steelers. If Najee Harris has to play that much or even more this year, I think, you know, I think it'll be a different set of circumstances next year because of how well they're going to do. For context, Saquon Barkley means that the New York Giants are 17th and the Buffalo Bills are 19th, despite having Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook. That's a good running back room. Um, so that's pretty good context. They also have done one trade or free, free agent acquisition that's that each team should make before training camp. Have a guess what the Pittsburgh Steelers one is. It's re-sign cornerback Joe Hayden. Um, now, they talk about the fact he may have deals on the table, um, but they're saying that because of how poorly the, the secondary unit is ranked at, at 28, according to Mike Renner, um, even with Minka Fitzpatrick, they need to do this. I think that 28 is a little bit unfair. Um, I also worry about Joe Hayden in a, t- in a league about speed. Um, I think he's definitely smart, but it's whether he wants to play the p- positioning in the secondary that will allow him to use those smarts and doesn't mean that he's going to be burnt with speed. Um, but we'll see. I, I, st- I don't have the Steelers re-signing him at this point in time. Um, so that that's kind of where, where we're sitting. Then they've also ranked every AFC team's best contract. The best contract they said for the Steelers was on PFF was James Daniels. Three years, $26.5 million, $8.75 million total guaranteed. I kind of agree. You can't argue with that one. Unless Kenny Pickett's not ready, unless he's not ready, and then it's um, Mitch Trubisky. But the reality is James Daniels probably, and they know this, is probably protecting Kenny Pickett. Um, and he's just five, he's in his fifth season, and he's only nine months older than Kenny Pickett. The experienced guy that's young. This guy could be an absolute lock on the Steelers' line for the next decade, easily. 
easily till 33-34. Um, so let's hope um, he can he can continue. He had a career best PFF grade last year, apparently. Um, 71 grade. Um, after weeks one to three, once he got used to right guard, he earned a 75.8 grade the rest of the way with grades above 70 as a run blocker and pass blocker. I wasn't aware that that's all he played at running at um, right guard. So for me, when I read that, I was like, I do think he and Dotson should swap uh, to left guard. That's something I definitely think should should happen. Um, but with no more, without further ado, I think it's time that I give you my fifty three. So we're going to kick off with the most interesting part of it, and that's special teams with Chris Boswell, the kicker, the punter, press big press hub in the third. But I do think he'll face some sort of challenge, and he's not going to be you know, fill Steel fans with confidence this season, the end of next year's season before he comes on. And of course, Marky D's favorite player, Christian Kuntz, um, or Christian Kunas, he likes to say, but it's Kuntz. Um, so that's the special teams, guys. That's three of the 53. Get them out of the way. Let's deal with it. Now, right now, I have a split equal of 25 and 25. Now, that's assuming the Steelers keep two quarterbacks on the roster. Sorry, three quarterbacks on the roster. That's assuming they don't trade away Mason Rudolph. If they trade away Rudolph, I could see them playing, keeping only two quarterbacks on the roster and still having Oladukun in the practice squad. So my quarterback ranking right now is Trubitsky, Pickett, Rudolph, and Oladukun on the practice squad. I'm not going to give full players to the practice squad, but Oladukun I think is there and he could easily slip in if they do trade Rudolph. I do think Pickett, I've said this on Touchdown Under recently a couple of times, I think Pickett is the second quarterback on the depth chart right now, but Rudolph is listed probably number two behind Trubitsky purely because he knows the offense and purely to ease the stress on Pickett. But in my mind, I think in Kevin Colbert or not Kevin Colbert, I think in Mike Tomlin's mind, it will be Kevin Pickett as Kenny Pickett as number two um, there. I just can't get the Kevin part out of my head at the moment um, when it comes to Steelers war. A running back, I think it's Harris Snell. A veteran, that's right, a veteran, and by veteran, I mean someone different from a free agent, and then McFarland. That's right. I think that the third or fourth running back, that most likely the third, because I think they've got to go on off a bit ahead of McFarland on experience, is not on the roster right now. I've said that throughout the season. I still think that's the case. Now, I'm not saying that person will be there for training camp or even completely there through the preseason, but going into the season, based on the roster that we have right now, I can't see them not going in without a veteran. That's just what I see. I don't. Matteo Duran will have flashes during preseason. He'll end up on the practice squad. I've kept Derek Watt because of special teams. If I was the GM, I probably I'd think about it very carefully. At tight end, I've got Freemuth, Gentry, Connor Haywood as the first three with Raider on the practice squad plus Sternberger. Again, you know you want to keep Sternberger around. He's a bit more of your Freemuth type. He's a great guy to be able to bring in off the practice squad for a game or two if you need to, if Freemuth's out for whatever reason. So that's who I've got. I've got Freemuth, Gentry, and Haywood makes the roster, Connor Haywood. Then at the wide receiver, I've got Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, Austin the third, and Anthony Miller. I then have a battle between Miles Boykin and Gunnar O. Now, if I was picking the team, I kind of been picking Boykin at this moment because I think Austin the third can return. I think you could even consider Snell to return. I wonder what they could do with McFarlane. Um, Johnson can obviously return. I know he's your top wide receiver, but like we let AB do it. 
And there's other guys that will take more of a role this year, particularly with Pickens around. Now, it depends if Boykin proves himself on the roster. It's why it's the only position that I'm a bit flex with. But I also could see um, them keeping only five and having nine offensive linemen. Right now, I've got eight offensive linemen. I've got Dan Moore Jr., James Daniels. So Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, James Daniels at guard, Dotson at guard, and Green as the backup guard. I then have Mason Cole at center with Kendrick Green. That's kind of how... So Green's either going to be there as the starting center or he's going to be the backup center guard. He's that flex. He's that BJ Finney, if you like. A right tackle over Cora Four and Joe Haig. Now, the player that I... There's two players here that I will say Hassenhauer makes the practice squad as the third center, if you like. And also... LeGlue is the backup guard. Even though I've said Green's backup guard, LeGlue's there as well for further depth. I do think this is quite thin at tackle. That's my only standing so far. So student there's a bolter there. There's a guy, I think it's Tucker out of North Carolina um, that, that I think could be a bit of a bolter for this squad. Um, you also have Chaz Green, but I, I just don't think he makes it. I think he's a practice squad guy, if anything. Now, if they were not to go... Um, with Boykin or Gunner O, that's where I think they could find um, the extra offensive lineman. Now for the defense. On the defensive side of the football, I've got Hayward, Alawalo, and Adams at the defensive tackle or nose tackle position. Um, you know, for more for Alawalo, Adams. Defensive end, I have Liao, Wormley, Ogunjobi, and Loudermilk, even though I think Loudermilk's kind of between defensive tackle and, you know, defensive end in our system. At outside linebacker, I've got Watt, Highsmith, Avery, and Tuska, right? So I don't have, um, I think, Moultrie, I saw on one list from someone. Um, I've also seen, um, you know, Marcus Allen somewhere around there as well. Middle linebacker or inside linebacker, I've got Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Buddy Johnson, with uh, Mark Robinson, the draft pick in the seventh round to make the practice squad. I don't have Marcus Allen. I, I can't see how he makes this team. He doesn't have the size to play the running back positions that we need. He's not as fast as Bush or Jack. doesn't have the experience. I, I don't know how you could put you keep him on the roster if you're going to have Avery as well, who can move inside if needed. At free safety, um, and one guy's a flex, is Fitzpatrick, Kazee, and Norwood. Norwood being the flex into cornerback. I then have Edmonds and Killebrew at strong safety. And then at cornerback, to finish it off, I have Witherspoon, Wallace, Sutton, Morlett, and I actually have Chris Steele out of USC to make it. Now, um, someone that we know from Hunstel Curtin, who frequents a lot of the podcasts, um, uh, Britsburg Owen, um, he had him in a list as well. And I agree. Um, I talked about him in the draft process. I talk about him as a big tackler. I liked him as a UDFA. I thought he was a good fifth to sixth round pick. We managed to get him as a UDFA. I think he got the highest, um, well, second highest amount of money we've given a UDFA. Um, but I have him there over Justin Lane right now. I have Justin Lane to make the practice squad. Now, there could be a cut somewhere else in terms of, if you only have 24 on the offensive side, you go 26. But I don't think the Steelers are keeping six cornerbacks with Steel and Lane um, both in that squad. Lane might stay there because Lane is a third-round draft pick. But And as you know, I don't have James Pierre there. I think he's a guy for the practice squad. 
Um, because I just, I think Steele is a big tackler. I think he can provide what they need in the slot. And I think they've got guys that can work outside with Wallace and Sutton. I think Kazee can do a few things as well. They've got Norwood as well. I'd rather take a flyer on a guy like Steele when you've got nothing out of Justin Lane through his rookie contract so far. With that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Warren. As a, as a title of the show says, it's all about the future for the Steelers, whether it's the future going into this season or the future into next season. Um, excited for some things coming up that I've got over the next couple of weeks as well, but you're going to have to listen to Steelers War Room to find out more about those. As always, go Steelers.